Okay, howdy. Welcome to Scraptitude. I just wanted to let you know that you, we are brought to you by Rising Young Minds. It is a platform dedicated to open expression and millennial perspectives of all varieties. You can follow us on Facebook at Rising Young Minds, on Instagram at Rising Young Minds, or find us at risingyoungminds.com, or follow us on Twitter at the underscore RYM, because, ladies and gentlemen, we are the rhyme. Without further ado. Okay, so anyways. Hey, uh, all right, good. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Scrappitude. We're here to talk about UFC Fight Night. 143. Hell yeah. That's a lot. This is our first ever MMA podcast and also our first time recording. We just recorded our boxing episode, and I think it went spectacular. As you can see, we have some dedicated artistry between some legitimate double boxing gloves Premium merchandise. You can't afford them. They will be signed and auctioned off in 10 years. They won't. And uh, here's Muhammad Ali with the bird. The greatest. He, Muhammad Ali, not the bird. The bird probably gets some points for being in the picture. Yeah, but... it's, it, it's definitely a, an above-average bird. <laughs> an above-average bird. Anyway, we're here to talk to you guys about uh, a couple of fights going on tonight. Um, the two biggest ones going on for the fight tonight, we have... Uh, TJ Dillashaw fighting Henry Cejudo for the 125-pound UFC was a flyweight championship of the world. Um, I believe that this is the, as far as we know, this is the last fight in this division. It seems like champ champs are yeah, are, are not really rare yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's kind of like a cereal box candy now. Yeah, but I will say is uh, if there was a true champ champ. I guess Daniel Cormier is the closest. Yeah, anyway, but it, it's a real fight. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not a wash. Let's it's a, put it that it's way. not a wash, but I would have preferred it to take place at 135 pounds. Sure. Uh, but anyways, first and for, we'll, we'll get to that because okay, first yeah. and foremost there is the co-main event, which is uh, former NFL player, defensive end, I believe, uh, Greg Hardy. It's Greg Hardy, right? Yeah, Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy, the A-level athlete yeah. and professional woman beater uh, against Alan Chowder, Crowder. Pretty boy. <laughs> pretty pretty Chowder boy, Alan, Alan he Crowder. Yes, he, <laughs> um, he's consequently from New England. I don't know if that's true, but it would make the story a lot better. <laughs> um, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's, not. It's yeah. A, it's a... Well, okay, doing some... Very in-depth <laughs> research here on Alan Pretty Boy Crowder. He has nine wins and three losses. He's six foot three, two hundred thirty-seven pounds, and he Big trains boy. with Team Rubau Karo Karaoke. He mm. trains with the karaoke team in Aruba for Brazilian mm. Jiu-Jitsu. Well, you know, uh, and he lost his last fight by KO in the first round in two who, minutes uh, and thirty three seconds Curtis to Blades? no to Justin Willis. No, to Justin Willis, who's another heavyweight on the UFC roster. Yes, he uh, is. He is a heavyweight on the UFC roster. Uh, 
a very talent-rich like, division. We have to have the fight, and the thing about heavyweight fights is that you never know because it is heavyweights, and they can all put each other out with one shot. But um, this Which, seems to be a fluff fight for Greg Hardy, a way to showcase his uh, extreme athletic ability against a uh, slightly pudgy white dude. Well, they're both kind of pudgy. Neither of them are, are shredded. Um, but Greg Hardy is an athlete, and this guy is... Uh, does he have any Chinese tattoos? <laughs> he probably has Chinese tattoos. The exciting thing here, though, is that Greg Hardy comes to bang. He wants to make a statement. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alan Crowder, in his last uh, three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fights, um, or nine fights, I guess, excluding his no contest against Lorenzo Hood, They've all ended in uh, TKO or KO, which means he comes to bang. He lost three of those fights um, by TKO or KO, but won the rest by TKO or KO. So he's he's going to come and he's going to try to put hands on on Greg Hardy yeah, and uh, hopefully not get treated like a bitch in there because we know what Greg Hardy does to bitches. <laughs> And I mean no disrespect. <laughs> I have a, I have supreme respect for for women. I want that to be very clear. Uh, have a lot of strong women role models in my life. Uh, people that have imbued me with passion and dignity and self reflection and all the positive qualities that I will readily rattle off about myself. Uh, yeah. Women uh, are great. We don't support and dudes don't call them the shit out of women. Greg Hardy, as you know what, it is what it is, people. He's a piece of shit. It happens. But at the end of the day, the man's getting locked to a cage with another man to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. Like uh, You gotta get off your moral high like, ground for cage be, fighting. Yeah, it's I understand. And, you know, we don't want these people to have any type of platform. <laughs> but it is what it is. They're fighting. You know, he's not going out there and working with kids. He's not a representative role model for anyone. So it's as much as you want to sit here and chastise the man, that's... It's, it's a cage it's fight. A cage this is fight. human cockfighting. It's human cockfighting with a couple more rules. Because, it's awesome. You know, and it's important to recognize that while we can't allow these people to be doing these things around and we can't support it, the fact remains that it is what it is. This is where we are. Greg Hardy is fighting tonight. He did what he did, and he is where he is. Here's here's the advantageous side: is you have the opportunity to be better than a Cowboys fan. I know that's a very low bar to set, but Cowboys fans actively cheered for this man when he was a part of their franchise. You have the chance to hope he gets his block knocked off, and, and that is a what could be better. That is. Quite the reward. And trust me, people, it's great. When you see someone you don't like get their face pushed in, it's great. But now if I have to be real, uh, uh, this chowder guy, uh, he lost to Curtis Blades previously. He He's definitely susceptible to getting is, punched uh, and not yeah. being conscious anymore. I know Blades is trying to be upcoming, an up-and-coming. I think he got didn't he lose to Ngannou again well, or something like that? Well, okay. Ngannou so. just in that bull's head. 
I'm pretty sure Ninganu just threw like a boulder at him or something, and he just—I mm. think he just hit him and he just died. Yeah, well, Ngannou's I mean, well, when you get put out by a guy like Ngannou, getting back in the octagon with him again, maybe you you talk that good good to yourself all training yeah, camp and whatnot. But, but you get back in there and you get flashbacks <laughs> to how that man hits you, what he did to your body. I mean, there's some things you don't come back from, and uh, Curtis Blades. I mean. You know you're not the alpha. Yeah. But but he was against Alan Chowder. Well, whatever. You know what? It is what it is. I expect Greg Hardy to finish this fight early. Emphatically. Emphatically and early. Uh, earn those checks. I um, If not, kick him to the curb. No, and move him up in the division. People, whether love him or hate him, that's the beautiful thing about cage fighting or fighting in general, uh, is that it's one of the best things you can do is buy a pay-per-view to watch somebody lose or watch an event. This isn't even a pay-per-view event, but watch and root against people because, you know, they're getting punched in the face. You're hoping they're getting knocked out, and that's really the most you can hope for besides, you know, some bad prison shit to happen to these women abusers and pedophile. Yo, new idea, pedophile cage fighting. Like... You just get pedophiles and just put them in a cage? Yeah, and they they just got to fight. I guess, but that sounds like it would get... Ooh, ooh. And then you, like, throw one weapon in the ring? I feel like... All right. That might be illegal. No, I feel like that would be really boring. Pedophile. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Because, I mean, I've seen people fight irregularly, and they just grab each other. I feel like... You remember that old show, the MTV show, like, the pros versus joes or whatever? Yeah. Or no, 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 Bully Beatdown. Bully Beatdown. Uh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what I, it was. I recall. Something like that. Dude... <laughs> Just get Francis Ngannou in there. <laughs> yeah, that's like, right. Look, I don't Francis, want them fighting each other. You're but... done. You're done regular fights. You're on pedophile beatdown now. And all you do is we're going to pay you 100 racks to just come in here and beat the or, shit out of him. Or Pat. Greg Hardy can try to earn some afterlife karma or some shit by beating up pedophiles. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how, how the moral compass re- recalibrates. God, call in. Let us know. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ayo, baby Jeebus, uh, if you got the input, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how you recalibrate the moral compass, but perhaps if you beat up enough pedophiles as a woman beater, you can redeem your soul. So uh, perhaps. We'll, we'll be waiting on feedback on the matter. Um, Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, Kwanzaa Bull, um, whatever y'all got. Anyways. Uh, anyway, on to the main event. Yeah, the main event. Enough with that fucking. Because yeah, we expect an early KO for Hardy as he ascends into the division and fights some real competition and hopefully and gets, gets his face gets demolished. His face put in the dirt. Um. Anyway, so let's see here. We've got T.J. Dillashaw versus Henry Cejudo. It's an interesting fight, man. This is an interesting fight. What's the most interesting part about it is the weight that it takes place. One hundred and twenty-five pounds. This is T.J.'s first time coming down to the weight. He has made weight, I want to say easily, yeah. but, you know, he came in the night before, but I'm not in his, I'm not in, you know, I'm not TJ, I can't tell you, but we'll take his word for it. He didn't, he looked a little gaunt, but he made the weight. His easily, trainer said every variable was accounted for, and, you know, it, it was a meticulous process, but... He did it. Not only that, but it, it really speaks to something very important in mixed martial arts, Actually. which is bringing in a level of science and professionalism to what you do. Yeah. Because these guys go and they, 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 they do it like high school wrestlers trying to, trying to sweat out the weight uh, yeah. uh, to make it, uh, it is, yeah. pre-fight. And not only is that unhealthy and has a host of risk factors, but also detracts from your performance and compromises your durability. Yeah. I, it's, it's definitely refreshing to see TJ here. Um, 
you know, staying here and, you know, doing these hard weight cuts and letting people know it's like, you know, there's a degree of professionalism that is expected of you. And he's, you know, he's put his money where his mouth is. You know, he's here, he made the weight, mm-hmm. and he's ready to show up on fight night. And you can't ask any more than that. Yeah, he's a little doucher, but you got to respect the game. Yeah, and Bang Muay Thai has done wonders for TJ Dillashaw. He is... Chasing down the door to greatness well, he's right now. truly an innovator yeah. in terms of mixed martial arts striking with the way he switches stances and blends his wrestling with his with his punching and his unorthodox yeah. angles and his stance mm-hmm. switching and his kicks. Yes. It's all kicks, very definitely. It's all very new age though, and it's a way of blending things that we haven't seen yet, and maybe a way that's only possible at the uh, at the lower weight classes because that's of the endurance that's required, and endurance especially because you see these dudes the, the output that they put out. You just can't, you know, you and I are regular dudes. I I couldn't put out, I mean, I'm a little bit bigger, but I couldn't put out some, you know, the output these guys, are, you know, have, it's ridiculous. And the skill, and the skill it's just the discipline that's taken here, and it's just, you see it, and that's what happens. And, you know, we can talk, you know, you can talk all day with the Cejudo Mighty Mouse fight and all that junk, but... Mighty Mouse won. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's good. Both times. It's... It's interesting to see because Suhudo's Su- Su- missed weight, hasn't he? No, he didn't not, miss weight. No, who missed? Who was the? Has bull- he missed weight previously? Was someone missed? Was that who did Demetrius fight? Was it Ray Borg? Ray Borg. Was it Ray Borg? Missed, yeah. yeah. So it's 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 cool to see. He uh, had the bull. He like picked up an armbar. Yeah, in it's it's like interesting to see because you know that John was crazy. Yeah, well, you got one twenty five, and a lot of these dudes, you know, they're getting to these weight classes, they're not making the weights, you know, as. Well, one twenty-five. I mean, there's not a lot of no, men. I was in this a world full that grown weigh man weighing one hundred twenty-five pounds. Yeah, but I, it is interesting that TJ Dillashaw is coming down to this weight class, and as is pretty well known, it's about closing the door on the uh, what is this the flyweight? Flyweight, yeah, I always, the flyweight division because it's it's not lucrative for the UFC, uh, and it, it yeah. same, same with boxing when you get down to a certain weight. Even though lighter weights are more popular in boxing, uh, none of you could beat Demetrius Johnson in a fight. Demetrius Johnson was a special athlete, and that was really the fight to see was between him and TJ Dillashaw. The UFC didn't want to compensate him appropriately to move up, and he was not willing to make it happen at any expense uh, possible. So there was, so this is the next best thing. But simultaneously, it's also one of the most skilled bouts. That we're ever going to witness ever. in mixed martial arts history. In terms of actual accolades, yes. Yeah, accolades, accomplishments, both in other sports and mixed martial mm-hmm. arts. Two uh, accredited champions. Uh, the, 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 there's a, there's a lot to like here. It's yeah. it's not mm-hmm. like a, it's not something we're left with because Mighty Mouse uh, ha- has left the UFC. It's it's a special yeah. bout and. Honestly, there's a lot of variables to consider before you can even think about choosing a winner. Yeah. And you can't sleep on Cejudo. No matter what you want to say, no matter how you feel about Demetrius Johnson fight, he technically he got his hand raised. You know, that's his win. He, he brought it, man. It's not It's not like you know? when I say Mighty Mouse won, it was kind of like you got to beat the champ to be yeah. the champ because he didn't impose he didn't, himself. Yeah. But he also didn't get imposed upon. Yeah. So they, He it, didn't get knocked out in the, in the first yeah. round like he did in the last fight. Uh but there, there, there are some variables that I want to cover in this fight. The first one is that Henry Cejudo is actually the bigger man coming into the fight. Yeah, that motherfucker is husky. Uh, I mean, because you, you look at because you look at TJ several days out of the fight, he was uh, his body is at a is at a certain weight where it's sustainable for him. He's ve- he's he, very lean. 
but it, it's sustainable. Whereas Cejudo definitely dehydrated, I think, more yeah. to make the weight. What was it? They said TJ was uh, um, TJ came in three one... pounds out, though, two days beforehand or something like that. Yeah, he came. He was, he... was 128 pounds, I think, two or three days yeah. before the fight. So is, this cut was nothing, nothing for him. But it's um, it's interesting uh, because you know he made the weight, and while he did make the weight, changing your body composition like that isn't something that's not isn't going to be a nothing on fight night. That's the thing. And while it's it's we don't know, and we've never it, seen we, a weight cut weight cut that's been done this meticulously. I know and that's scientifically I, yeah, before. Exactly. That's the we don't know part. how he's going to show I up. I know, and that's that's what's interesting about it. And it's that. You know, you see him, and he looks. You know, he looked really skinny and all that stuff. And you know, even so, you know, he had that big jacket. You know, so you couldn't really tell how skinny he was. But it'll be interesting to see how someone with this approach to the weight cut can come in and talk about. You know, I'm going to get here. I'm going to drop down. And he's talking about going up to 145 to fight Max Holloway, which I just don't. I wouldn't recommend putting your body through that much stress. Just at least, at least not without like a couple of fights at 135 or, again to reacclimate your break. body, or just take a break. Either you, one, because it's one thing to make this one time cut down to 125. It's another thing to be jumping uh, 20 pounds in weight when that's like 20 pounds of your total weight. Yeah, 20 20 percent of your yeah, total weight. You know, rather, yeah, seriously, you so know that's you, drastic. You weigh 150 pounds. You got to drop 20 of them. You might as well chop your arm off. <laughs> seriously, it gets, you know. It's, it's it could show us you know a new way that MMA is going, where these got these guys need to take a super meticulous approach to this weight cut, because you know the old style of just being bigger and just cutting down you know get close enough isn't really working anymore, you know and it's just these as more science gets into the weight cut what you're gonna have is you're gonna have these dudes that are like perfect sized like coming into it it's gonna be weird you know it's just everyone's gonna get bigger because their weight cuts are gonna be better and because of the size. i don't necessarily think that's true because i think it's inevitable for strict regulations to happen for weight cutting and mixed martial arts you already see it in boxing where for title fights you can only weigh um 10 pounds more than the weight after your rehydration so the day of the fight you have to be within 10 pounds of the weight class yeah. That's not currently a thing in the UFC. Yeah, but we've seen guys put their body through a lot of things. Max Holloway Dude, had like some mystery coma or something. Didn't JSP used to put like twenty pounds on? For I remember he would. Put but we've on seen like guys like Darren Till and Anthony Johnson. They probably compromised their the the future, Till, the missing future weight health. multiple times. So the thing is, I think that this is going to be the way that fighters are going to have to weight cut, cut if they want to have a size advantage come fight night. Just because I think that there's going to be stricter regulations. Uh, the lack of and, IVs, all that yeah, stuff. the lack of IVs, but also just things about foot taxing fighters' kidneys. It just takes one guy's kidney to fail, and then to go into critical condition, or go into a die. coma, or die, or something. It, it's yeah. we're really we're on the cusp especially of this these happening. um because the UFC doesn't pay these lower tier fighters well, and they need to get every advantage they can. So they want to try and cut as much weight as they can to get into the best weight class for them to succeed. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen is they're not going to be able to hire. You know, a Mike Dolce, one of these coaches, like yep. like Dillashaw can, that's going to be with them 24-7. He's like, you're all I got. And they're going to be there, and they're going to be cutting too much weight, and their kidneys are going to fail, and there's not going to be anyone there to look out for them because the UFC pays them no fucking money. But it, it, do, it, does, it does show a passageway, though, of fighters continuing to cut a substantial amount of weight in order to make weight at these weight classes, but doing it in a safe way. And I think that's important. And in that way, TJ Dillashaw has been a pioneer with his approach to this method. That said, a lot of 
other fighters choosing to adopt this approach will come down to his success uh, his success tonight yeah and uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see because what it'll show is I think the UFC doesn't realize yet and hopefully they do is that as these men are paid more they're going to gain the ability to treat their bodies better and you're going to gain the ability to have you know you're going to have these younger athletes who want to go into fighting and who aren't going to be worried about their bodies being destroyed because they're not getting paid you know especially if you're coming from some favela in brazil yeah. or you know because one of the things that i always hear mma people talk about is like what if lebron came to mma what if lebron came to mma lebron spends millions and millions and millions of dollars every year on his body lebron could not come to mma and be lebron because he wouldn't make enough money lebron also makes more money in one year of his nba career than he would in a career of uh of yeah. pay from the yeah. ufc so. and that's you know and that's where and it becomes interesting because you look at the stuff and this is where it becomes kind of a teetering edge because you look at the UFC and, you know, they're good and they're paying, you know, they pay people and all that shit, but they, the way that they have their business structured, it does not promote the growth of the fighter to grow beyond the UFC. The UFC wants you to stay in that part. You know, they don't want you to get rich and have power. You know, they don't want 50 fucking Conor McGregor's on their goddamn roster. Because yeah, well, I, I don't think there's 50 Conor McGregor's out there, but well, po- I mean, po- point is the sport is in its infancy, and it's modernizing rapidly because the uh, access to, to yeah. uh, information that we have these days, and TJ Dillashaw is doing something special, but I think that on top of the weight cut, it's important to analyze how, how it's going to play into things, because Henry Cejudo is a former Olympic gold medalist freestyler wrestler. And if he's the bigger man coming into this fight, uh, as I have said previously, the ability to dictate where the fight takes place is the most important variable. So I'm really interested to see how the the size disadvantage looks come fight night when they both step into the octagon. uh, TJ's taller, right? TJ is taller by a couple inches. I think he's 5'6", 5'7", and Cejudo's like 5'4", and change. I think it's going to be... I want to see... I want to see if TJ can stop those takedowns, dog. Cejudo is a takedown machine. I, I want to see that, um, which I do think for the record that he will be able to because I think uh, TJ Dillashaw is good enough at being busy and controlling distance to where he can control where you're shooting from. But uh, it, we'll it, it, it's going to be interesting because of the the power that Cejudo uh, has in his hands, the athleticism he has at his disposal. And that it's really technique, an, it's that, really an interesting puzzle that that technique TJ Dillashaw has not had to face. I don't think he's had a challenge like this in his UFC career. And just there with you know going back to the Muddy Mouse fight with how Henry Cejudo was able to take down Demetrius Johnson. And you know, he didn't really do much, but that's not a that's joke. Not yeah, so that's, like, a, that's a high level yeah. athlete who's a so, master in every facet fast, of the sport. So, in you know, the amount of the I don't care how fast anyone thinks they are, no one was tying together strikes, takedowns, wrestling better than Demetrius Johnson. And Cejudo was in there twice with that. So, that you can't take you can't take that away. So, it's going to be interesting for TJ because TJ is used to be I'm so much faster, I'm so much better than these guys. It's going to be interesting when he's in there with a dude who's he's a little bit smaller so when he shoots in for his takedowns a five foot four dude shooting in on you for a takedown is the thing is though <laughs> yeah it's a little interesting to it's, me though tj like he he's clearly a great athlete but i don't know if he's really that fast for example when he fought uh cody garmbrandt i thought that he that cody had uh 
the speed advantage in those fights. I don't. I think that TJ had the uh, IQ advantage, and I think he had the uh, he timed him pretty well too. I, I, well, he had the fight. I, he had the fight IQ advantage, which I think played in that. But he also had the uh, the diversity of tools available because he mixes up his strikes so well. So it just it gives him know. more ways I to win the fight. The end of that, the end of the second Garbrandt fight was a little dumb. Cody got hit with the same punch like four times in a row, just like yeah. literally bam, bam, bam. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing, bro?" Well, he's, he, was he had been rocked previous to that, though. I know, but there's the 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 last like. The thing the is, the last though, you, sequence of that fight is is the same. It's like the it's same t- sequence, just like TJ hit, hitting him with the same hand. That's one of the scary things about these sports, though, is these guys get hit and they get rocked, and they might be con- concussed for the rest of the fight. And we're like, oh, their fight IQ is crap, or they're gassed out. Yeah. But no, maybe their brains and their yeah. neurons Pulls just ain't working no more. Eyes are just both facing other directions. Yeah. <laughs> There's six of the other guy in the ring. But but the thing, it, TJ has kind of been put up to this 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 status, this pantheon. Because he he beat uh, Renan Barrow, which he lost to Dominic Cruz. Is a great is a yes, uh, which is a great feather in his cap. But Dominic Cruz, it, Dominic he, put the work on him. Yeah, it it was a close fight, but Dominic won that fight, fight and that was by like in terms of a uh, in terms of yeah, and a challenge, and that was like the one time where I can say like this guy has the number of skills and like he has the technique and ability to match him. On a cerebral to match T.J. Dillashaw on a cerebral level, uh, that I don't think he has faced in any of his other competition. Hen Barrow was used to just being overwhelming in terms of the the variety of his ability, and that division has not been talent rich for an extended period Cody of time. Cody was just athletic and fast. Yes, but he was a boxer. He's a, he's a boxer wrestler with you know, and he doesn't really wrestle that much really. He no. he, he in love with his hands. No, no love. But I mean, he yeah, I know he had at least one takedown in the. Uh, in the uh, Dominic Cruz fight that showed his ability to cut angles and, yeah. and but, under, you know, undercut he strikes. Well, you know, he loves his hands. He talks about it. But yeah. It's just... But Cody Garbrandt's a, you know, yeah. uh, a, a neck-tatted retard, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, put it, to put it in layman's terms. Uh, but I'm, I'm really interested. What do you think is, the, is going to determine the, the course of this fight? The biggest thing I think is definitely going to be whether or not Cejudo can take him down and hold him down for any measure of time. The biggest thing for TJ is that he's going to have to try and emulate what Muddy Mouse did in their first fight, early finish, which I don't think he's going to be able to do. You think body strikes? Body strikes are a key. Um, at this, they're just so small. It's so small, but for TJ, it's TJ. It's going to be it's combinations and his kicks. You know, that's his bread and butter. He needs to move in and out like he likes to do. Throw his kicks, his diversified strikes, and just, you know, apply his game. That's what TJ does. But Cejudo, it's kind of the same thing with like he did with Mighty Mouse. You know, get him to the ground, try and work, you know, work some ground and pound in. I don't expect you to do much on, you know, on the feet. Use your jab to set up some takedowns. Work your strengths. You know, this is this, this is your weight class. You are the champion. You know, do, you know, fight your fight. You know, this is all you, this should be your, this is your weight class, your division. You're, you are the champ. Do what you want to do. You know, mm-hmm. don't let him come and determine what it is. Yeah, I got you. I mean, ultimately, the way I see this going down is, I think it's going to be a very competitive fight. I think people are they they lack exposure to the flyweight division and they don't really respect the leaps and bounds by which Henry Cejudo has progressed over oh, his yeah. over his fight career. Definitely, uh, because the first the. The guy who fought Mighty Mouse the second time is not the same guy who fought him the first time. And his comfort on his feet and his hand speed and uh, his balance 
and his combination of aggression and distance and the blending between his striking and wrestling were all at another level, and I only expected him to have improved. He's an all-business type of guy, uh, and he, if nothing else, he has that wrestling to fall back on to make this an ugly kind of clinch-oriented fight. I, I ultimately see TJ having the volume striking and the diversity of strikes to outpoint him, but I think this is going to be a controversial decision where maybe TJ gets hurt a couple times, um, but wins uh, based on the his volume and his uh, level of activity. You think Cejudo's gonna uh, land something on TJ and hurt? Well, I don't think TJ TJ can be hit. He's he's like yes, he has head, head movement. He cuts a lot of angles and stuff like that. But it, like he's he's not he he's not some like defensive whiz. He does a great job of balancing his offense and defense, but. Because of the way he changes his angles and the looks he gives, he also leaves himself susceptible in ways. He's not somebody like, take Vasily Lomachenko, who who changes his stance and works a lot of angles and throws a lot of volume. uh, Who I yeah, they they sparred, and it's actually a guy that I that um, TJ Dillashaw takes inspiration from. But the thing is that Vasily Lomachenko honed that style since he was uh, what since he was. Not even uh, in double-digit years old, yeah. uh, he he started boxing from an extremely young age. Then he went into Ukrainian dance. His dad pulled him out of boxing yeah. and put him in Ukrainian dance for a couple of years to hone his footwork before putting him into boxing again. Did a man and he fought in the amateur in the amateurs for years and was three, phen- three, yeah had six and one had almost four hundred amateur wins. So yeah, if I recall correctly, you can't replace that kind of application. T- uh, and you're. Uh, fundamental awareness of spacing and uh, and defense and where strikes are coming from. So while there's prodigal ac- aspects to what TJ Dillashaw brings, he does have flaws in his defense, and that's why I was able to be caught, caught by, I don't want to call him rudimentary, but you know, the, be, despite having great hand speed, Garnbrand is not some spectacular boxer. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's been hit so, over and over again. And Garbrandt dropped him in the second fight, too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, he, he, he caught him with good shots in both fights. And I, I like I said, I don't want to hold that against him, but um, who, who was it, though? It was the fight that um, TJ Dillashaw took, um, I want to say, after he beat Hembrow, was it Joe Soto? Yeah, and he beat him in the fifth round. But that fight was extremely competitive, if people don't remember. And uh, Joe Soto, I don't, I feel like he was like more of a wrestler, boxer type. Threw a lot of hooks. Got on the inside. Point is, I, I think TJ took that fight on short notice. But at the same time, uh, he's just not unhittable. And certain styles give him trouble. And if you're willing to get in and mix it up with him and trade with him, he he's kind of got a dog to him that's willing to do that. And that's a bad idea with a guy that has the athleticism and the, the toughness and the explosiveness that Cejudo does. Because I feel like if you get in there close up, he's just going to t- shoot in on you and take you. He's going to shoot in on you, but that man has some meat hooks. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah he does. He, he'll hit he's, you with hooks and he'll hit you with uppercuts and he's he'll hurt you. Like he's yeah. he, he's not he's he's not um. And a weak boy. Yeah, he, he's he's, he's not like some volume striker or something yeah. like that. Like he's. Like if you if you leave your chin out there and you're dancing and you're cha- changing angles and you're cocky because you think you just own this 125 pound division like I can picture TJ anticipating. I think it'll definitely be interesting when he sees how dominant Cejudo is in the octagon for dictating the pace of the fight. I think that's going to be interesting because the one thing about uh, TJ is that the like he doesn't fight like intense pressure dudes like. Garbrandt was all right, like, but you know, 
No, Garbrandt likes to Garbrandt's stay. Garbrandt's kind of reactive. He uses yeah, his like, speed and his reactivity yeah, like, to, to he, anticipate your strikes, yeah. dodge them, and hit you with counter shots, yeah, like, and explode in. Yeah. Like, the only... I don't know. It's just... It's interesting. It's good. It's an interesting fight. It's definitely interesting, and it's only even more interesting because of the fact that Cejudo was able to get that W over Mighty Mouse. At the end of the day, it should have been TJ versus Demetrius. It is what it is. This is the next best thing, but... So what is your official prediction for this fight? I have TJ in a competitive decision, and I'm not going to say I'm going to agree with the decision, but I think there's a lot of incentivization for him to be the winner of this fight. I think Cejudo is going to get the decision. Simultaneously, though, if Cejudo wins, it sets up a rematch at 135. That's enticing. I think that Cejudo is going to get... I think Cejudo is going to get the win. I would say that... I say Cejudo winning another split decision. A hard-earned split decision. A split. A hard-earned split decision. Wow, that's. Um, I do not see him. I do not see him or TJ pulling ahead in any type of meaningful way. And the lack. I see Adelaide Bird in there throwing the wrong ass score. <laughs> and uh, yeah. no. well, no. But I mean, I mean, I kind of see this as a thing being like where Cejudo's going to be able to take what TJ dishes out, and TJ TJ has been rocked before. He has tre- tremendous recovery, but. I see. I see it kind of being a a damage versus rounds one kind of thing. Yeah, I can almost see like a GSP Hendricks type yeah. fight. Where GSP, I guess you could you you can definitely make an argument where he won the rounds, but in terms of like winning the fight yeah. and doing damage, he clearly would, he clearly lost in that aspect. Yeah. So, and in those kinds of fights, like it comes down to just how how the how the the cookie crumbles in a given round yeah. and like who lands what and what damage happens well, so I mean, that's, that's why I'm not comfortable making like a really strong prediction on this one I think that if I were to the thing is these two dudes are so competitive too that's the thing and that's don't what, get to the Olympics without being competitive and that's the thing is that TJ is competitive but I think that Cejudo was being a Olympic wrestler that's like there's competition but that's there's competition in that and I think that Cejudo is my I mean has been born in competition bred in that competition and I think that he's lived a little more competitive life than TJ maybe just a small amount perhaps but maybe. the thing is both these guys are but, such competitors through and through I don't think it's going to be a who wants it more and somebody quitting I think both of these guys if they lose it's going to be because they were made to lose yeah. like either the judges declare one the loser or one of them gets finished I don't see yeah. one guy like wilting and crying and like and, and being like, oh, he's tougher, and I'm yeah. giving up because his punch, his punches his hurt. Punch hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I see these guys as the as the They're cream tough. of the crop, like tough, true tough talent. Oh yeah, uh, the, the, but both these guys belong in the upper echelon, oh, yeah. and I'm I'm just thrilled to see how it's going to go down tonight. But I'll definitely, I would definitely say Cejudo by a split decision. I'll definitely say Cejudo bias split decision like that's so fucking firm yeah. <laughs> I'm predicting you're predicting the judges more than the fighting yes that's the thing though that, yeah, it's, it's yes very, it's like very real no true but it, this is a tough and you can see also because sometimes the, the judging is a little sh- shady in combat sports because there's there's just money to be made based on the on the verdicts and boxing and, judges are not MMA judges well boxing no boxing judges are more corrupt but MMA judges I think are more inept yeah, uh, yeah, but that, they share a lot, and a, the most inept MMA judge is also a boxing judge. Well, that's a problem. Yes, it is. Anyways, so we have a complicated decision, um, and really it could go either way. Jeffrey has it by uh, 
split decision in favor of Cejudo. The incumbent champ of the weight that they're fighting in. Yes, and I think that uh, it's going to be a it's going to be <laughs> a, a kind of damage versus points type of thing where it's really just going to come down to how the individual rounds are graded because I think Cejudo is going to put him in trouble more often. I don't think either guy's going to outclass the other, but I see the way that TJ fights. It's it's decision friendly in that he he throws with a lot of volume and he uh, and he's going to connect and probably have the more accumulated strikes by the end of the fight. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Well, he also has the more diverse uh, strike set, mm-hmm. so I can definitely see him landing more strikes. But with the state of MMA judging, the fact that Sudo is the champion, it's his division. I just see that split coming. It's just I feel it coming. But all right, we'll see. Well, there you have it. Uh, Thanks, I, I think that a controversial split decision is great because we get to see it again. TJ's already kind of cleared out the 135-pound division, and it would be neat. I do think that him and Max Holloway, while Holloway is significantly bigger, it could be an intriguing bout, but TJ definitely needs to normalize his weight at 135 before trying to make that jump. Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, catch you next time, and thank yeah. you for joining us for our first-ever Mixed Martial Arts podcast and our oh, yeah. second-ever podcast recorded. We appreciate you. We got 21 followers last I checked on Twitter, so hit us up at Scraptitude. We appreciate questions and comments and recommendations. Uh, until next oh, yeah. time. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Scraptitude podcast. As you know, I'm Jeffrey Akins. I also co-host another podcast called Fuck What You Heard where I get a chance to talk about all the current political and social events of our life, and we get a chance to hear from the people that actually have some skin in the game. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at OR215. You can also follow me through Medium. I will have articles coming out through there, and you can also check out any of my thoughts on other current events. Um, You can also check out my article right now. I interviewed a black Trump supporter to see what he had to say. And uh, this isn't what you're going to hear normally on your news channel. So tune in.